Hi everyone, it's Ed Clancy here. Welcome to the Pursuit Line podcast. We're going to be talking about everything high performance. We've got some really interesting guests. We're going to be speaking to them about what's drove them to success, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hope you enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pursuit Line. I'm Phil Kelly and this is Eduardo Clancy. Hey everyone, how are you doing? How are you doing, Ed? You alright? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm very impressed with your setup here, Phil. We've got the proper microphones. We've got a little deck down here, little mixing deck. Yeah, where's Pete Kenyuk or Steve Cummins when you need him? <laughs> got the sound effects. I haven't got that nailed down yet, but maybe as the episodes progress. So people have just tuned in, they're either on YouTube, they're listening to maybe this is an intro podcast, and they're probably thinking, right, Ed and some other bloke. On the waves, chatting. Let's just go straight into it. What's Pursuit Line all about for you and what do they need to know? And Yeah, so I, let's start with a lot of people on the line. It's going to sound arrogant, Phil, but hopefully a lot of them will know who I am. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. a cyclist. I've been cycling. I've done the sort of pedaling thing uh, for the last 20 years. Perhaps what people won't know is that, you know, I've had an interest in this and we've been working together for the last six, seven years now. But I think they'll be interested in yourself, Phil, and your background, where you've come from. I think it'd be good if, you know, you tell them about your sort of military background, your football background, how we met, you know. Yeah, so I suppose, you know, the theme here on Pursuit Line is all about that performance, isn't it? And hopefully, you know, encouraging people and getting people to that top end of performance. But you're right, in terms of part of that, I think, is that bit of credibility of the people who are talking, I suppose. So for me, quite a successful career within football, really, up until my late teens, early 20s, I was a professional and semi-professional footballer. I was never going to be a Premier League footballer. I probably knew that at the time. Have we still got it now, though, Phil? Oh, five-a-side king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the five-a-side team. Absolute <laughs> ringer. Still got it. It's left peg, you see, yet. So, yeah, a bit of football. And then I did all sorts of sort of regular jobs, really, from double-glazing salesperson. I was a <laughs> removals driver. I was up to all sorts, anything, really. It's more or less just get some cash so you could have a night out on a weekend, right? And that's where a lot of us go through in our early 20s. And then I stumbled across a job as a greenkeeper on a golf course. And I did that for two and a half years. And I absolutely loved it. And there was something about the outdoors. Ah, yeah. I loved that. I really enjoyed, you know, yes, I was cutting grass and cutting trees down and yeah, you know, yeah. cutting the greens. But I loved it. And that's where I really found my passion for golf. That was a massive upside in terms of free golf, that's for sure. You know, you didn't, you didn't have to pay <laughs> membership fees or green fees. That was great. And then around 23, 24, I decided to join the military. And I joined as a physical training instructor. And then I got into outdoor education and leadership development, personal development. And that's really where my real sort of passion for training and coaching and education landed and took me to some great places and some great projects. Until eight years ago, I decided to leave. One day I had a contract extension of another 20 years on the table and there was the same day I resigned because I wanted to go and test myself outside of the military and see what I could do with my skill sets and see how many people I could help and support. And here I am eight years later, founder and managing director of Pronocus, which is obviously the link between you and I. That's right. And super excited about the new offering of the suit line obviously buddying up with you. So that's enough about me. I think <laughs> I get a little comfortable talking about myself anyway. So people will obviously better know you, Ed, as somebody going really quick, arguably around you know, a wooden bowl in Lycra. Mm. But what's maybe some of the things they don't know about you? Wow. In terms of my sort of personal life and things like that, I like my orange cat, Phil. You know, I like a bit of time at home. I have a sort of tight-knit group of friends, close family, things like that. But there's not that much more to me other than I love my bikes. I've loved the work that I've done with you over the last six, seven years. And to bring it back to sort of pursuit line and what we're trying to do here. Quite early on in my British cycling career, as a young man, really sort of early 20s, 
I think everyone sort of tries to identify what it is that's going to make them a better cyclist. You know, I didn't really care about being a better person or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ride around that big daft wooden bowl. Was it more about selection at that point? But I need to go fast because I want to be selected. Yeah, a lot. You know, I wanted to get selected first and foremost, but I knew that Great Britain cycling team was also a good thing and I wanted to win. And I kind of looked up at like nutrition, training, equipment, and so and so. But one of the things I identified quite early on was sort of mindset. And, you know, after I did a bit of mindset work within British cycling at that point in time, I was like, you know what, this is going to potentially be something that sets me apart with who I was yesterday, not necessarily the rest of the competition, but, you know, this is the way that I can get the best out of myself and not just stand on top of podiums with a gold medal that's probably worth four ninety nine if you melted it down for it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do it and be happy at the same time. This is something you told me a long time ago, actually, Phil, that there's always this perception and a myth that's sold to us. It's like you become successful and then you're happy. But if anything, you've got to start at the end. You know, you've got to be happy first. You've got to have your ducks in a row, like you might say, Phil, before you can sort of get that success. Yeah, like I said, it's something I've had an interest in for a long time. Probably best part of 15 years now. And then sort of went through British cycling. And then we met when you were working for your company, Pro Noctis, when we came into contact via my old road team, JLT. I think it's fair to say that I sort of instantly loved what you were doing with the rest of your team. And I know a lot of the guys on JLT, you know, we still talk about it with my old mates today about, you know, whether you're a green or whether you're a blue or whether you're a red or, you know, when someone loses the plot and goes into snowplow mode and things like that. We've continued to keep in touch and I've been an ambassador for your business for a while. And, you know, like you put it to me, Phil, we stepped into retirement a couple of weeks back. We had a couple of different options. We could have sort of stayed doing that ambassador role and standing up in front of your clients and sort of talking the talk, really, sort of talk about the work that, you know, you've done with myself and how I've kind of used that to better myself as a bike rider and off the bike as well. And there was another option, though. I wanted to do something a little bit more involved and we both thought it would be a good idea. So, yeah, welcome to Pursuit Line, everyone. Yeah, Pursuit Line. Should we narrow this down a little bit? So there's a little bit about our background and how we spend time together. But I suppose, what's the co-offerings? You know, have we got that nailed down? I reckon we have now, Phil, yeah. We've nailed this down. Basically, this three-pronged attack, let's call it. There's myself delivering sort of inspirational, motivational talks. There's I'm trying to articulate the lessons I've learned through cycling, on and off the bike, really, you know, in terms of like how you deal with pressure, you know, what, in my opinion, makes a good leader when you're making big decisions, how you can sort of like live by your values and use that to guide you. The second offering is workshops online, in person. Phil, you and your team have been delivering this stuff for years. And the third offering is ongoing consultancy programs for businesses and organizations that wish to get involved in that. I guess the idea with us two getting our heads together is, as far as I know, it's a relatively unique pairing. You know, I've got my sort of decade and a half of experience in elite sport and the lessons that I've got from that. And you've got yours from the military and more recently from the world of business. What's that word you use where sort of like two add two make five? Synergy. Synergy, yeah. And some of the parts are great in the whole and all that, isn't it? That's the one. But no, I think I'm excited about it because I think that what really jumps out for me, you're not just a successful cyclist. Yes, you've got three Olympic golds. Yes, you've got six world championships and God knows many other medals. But you do walk the talk as well. And you have got a passion in all things personal development, all things professional development. And that's why when you do stand up to give your talks, you do really make an impact on them. And I think actually you've got more to give beyond that when you spend more time around people. And if we can help bridge that gap with the team of Pronoctis, then I think it's only going to be onto a winner. But I think you are right. I think, you know, the unique bit of 
yes, sports and business, a lot of people have tried to do it, not always successfully, because yeah. it needs that translation piece. You know, mm. not everybody that's going to come to our talks is going to say, right, that's a three-time Olympian. What have I got to learn from that person? Yes, that was inspirational. Or, yes, that was motivational. And then a half hour later, they're back at their desk. Yeah. And yeah. it's, all right, I felt good. Yeah. But what we're trying to do is make sure it's a bit more impactful and longer standing because I remember I said this to you a couple of years ago. You went, what do you actually do, Phil? I was like, we just stop people on the crap day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and well, that's quite finite, but we try and minimize the chances of people mm. on the crap day because the world's hard enough as it is. We don't need to be miserable in work where we spend at least these days, half of our waking day, you know, yeah. Monday to Friday, if not into weekends. And we should be engaged with what we're doing. We should be enjoying it. We should be celebrating the successes and the wins. And we should be having a full sort of level of alignment yeah. between ourselves, the company, the company purpose, and also the company creating that right environment where people feel value. Exactly, Phil. You know, one of my favorite quotes is success without happiness, the worst kind of failure. And, you know, I've got a good story for that one. It was after one particular Olympics, you know, I was stood in the corridor of the Manchester Velodrome, as you do, sort of crossing paths. And I won't mention any names. There was a well, well-known Olympian off the back of a high-profile Olympics, hugely successful, well-known, wealthy. You know, I could see they're having a bit of a half time and, you know, they'd sort of moderately difficult sort of run into the games. And I remember asking them, you know, look at what you got. Surely that was worth it. And they said, yeah, you know what? If I could go back in time, I wouldn't have done it. And I was like, wow, man. You know what I mean? That's not success. No, it's not. I don't care how many gold medals you have. Like, and, no, it's uh, a big shame. And it goes back to that bit of, you know, we're constantly chasing happiness, aren't we? Or, you know, there are a lot of people are anyway. And they think, I'll get that next house. I'll get my next car. I'll get that next, mm. you know, 10 grand carbon bike. That's going to make me happier and faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, what we're doing is we're pushing our happiness further down the road. Yep. Rather than taking ownership of it today and going, right, what do I need to do today that's going to make me happy? What do I know about myself? Mm. And normally it's the same things, doing things that make us feel good, being surrounded by good, positive people. And we like to learn as human beings. You like to engage with like-minded people, you know, within our own little sort of community or tribe, as some people call it. And I think some of the fundamentals are just overlooked these days. Yeah. Everything becomes a bit more transactional. It's very much surface level rather than a little bit deeper connection. Mm. And I think that ties in really nicely with what we're trying to achieve with Pursuit Line and specifically the opportunity we have now, which is yep. we're talking about a podcast, a vodcast, call it whatever you like, <laughs> you know, and yes, we can take this forward and have good conversations and we give people a little bit of insight in terms of yep. things we're going to talk about. But realistically, what I want to do is create an organization that every time we have a contact point with somebody, somebody takes away at least one sort of learning point. Yes. So that's if it's a podcast with you and I chatting about a key theme or, you know, we're able to get a special guest in. We reach into your network, my network, bring people in. I want people to sit there going, that resonates. Mm. And I can do something. Yeah. Rather than it being really either too far away, too big picture. And yep. not close enough for me to do something about it. Those action points and that would resonate. It needs to resonate with people, what we're doing. Understood, yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, what do you want to get out of this podcast and podcast series that will bang on social media, YouTube, et cetera? If there's one thing I want to get across there, Phil, we've kind of touched on it already. It's that when you're doing whatever it is, it's the most important thing is to be happy and to be grateful for what you have already. When you look back, the things that I've done, the four Olympic cycles, you know, when you look back at things and, you know, I guess this goes for everything really, you know, there is a certain beauty in the struggle. Like, you know, it's the process that's a great thing. It doesn't really matter if you go on to get a glorious result or, you know, a crushing low, you know, within weeks, if not months, you'll have forgot about it, you know, there's a beauty in the struggle. And I just want people to have a good time 
people are pen squiggling there, but that yeah, quote yeah, there, you know, yeah. the beauty and the struggle. And I think that's the best bit, though, Phil. That's yeah, what I'm course, trying to say. Of course it is. But when um, you're in it, if it's really bad and it's really deep, it doesn't mm, feel like it. Yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. when you come out yeah. of it at the other end, you look back, yeah. you know, with hindsight and perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, bloody hell, you know, I've learned a lot, I've come a long way. But what I'm really interested in is in the struggle, how can we become more self aware and aware of the situation that we know exactly where we are and this is supposed to be hard. Mm. If I'm a cyclist and I'm doing my efforts up a hill, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be hard. My heart is supposed to be high. I'm supposed to be going lactic. I'm supposed to be in pain. Yeah. You've got to relate that to people in life that when you're going on your career pathway, yep. every time you're struggling in work, if you've got that disconnection with a leader or manager or you're managing or leading a team that's a bit disconnected, it's all part of your journey. And in yep. two months, three months, six months, a year's time, you're going to look back and say, do you know what? I learned a lot from that. Mm. The skill though is taking that learning and applying it. I want us to be able to help people in the moment so that when they're there and they're in that struggle, that they understand this is not where I want to be potentially, but this is part of the struggle. This is yeah. part of the bigger picture that I can look back on in a few months time and reflect and go, I'm a better person for it. So then we've taken the learnings from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be able to take a lot of rejection, failure, learnings, right? It's again, it's cliche, isn't it? You don't learn anything really when you win. We learn so much when things don't go to plan. But back to that, I think having a purpose, Phil, very important. You know, if you've got like a real strong purpose, you know, single reason why you want to do something, I, I think that'll take you a long way. Well, this is what we're talking about with this podcast, all right? Because we're talking about what we're trying to achieve here. And I've said it a few times, I'll say it again. I won't help people minimize the chances of having a crap day. Yes. That's my purpose. Yeah. I go to work, I get up, I put my clothes on, I go to my clients' offices, or I jump on Zooms and my coaching calls, or, you know, I go and meet people. And my aim and objective is to help them see things a little bit clearer and to create a way forward for them to stop them having a crap day. Mm. You work with some pretty high flyers as well, Phil, I've got to say. And again, you know, when you sat on the outside, you just think, wow, those guys and girls, they have crap days, do they? And I guess the answer is yes. Yeah, of course they do. You know, you're talking executives of businesses that are in charge of billions of pounds worth of budget and <laughs> thousands and thousands of people's of jobs, careers and salaries, you know, and yeah. the performance of the business is directly linked to whether people are going to get paid. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. the fact of the size of the business sometimes means that that's kind of kicked a little bit further down the road. But mm. some of the smaller businesses, it literally is, you know, if we don't turn that money over, yeah. we can't pay wages, which means that member staff can't pay the mortgage. No and pressure. if you want to take it further, they can't put food on the table. I mean, that's taken it to the far end, but that's yeah. the real-time pressure for big executives of a business. <sighs> no pressure, Phil. Wow. No, no pressure. Yeah. But there's some super talented people out there that we work with, for sure, and the most talented and the gifted and most successful, and I mean successes in terms of happy, are the ones that are open to have good conversations. And most of them have got a coach and, yeah. you know, they've got that person they can rely on and go, you know, I don't know everything. You know, I've got a good clue about my business or about, mm. you know, my chief executive role I've got within this, but I want to have somebody I can have a good conversation with to make sure that I'm on the straight and narrow and yeah. bounce some ideas around and have that sounding board. And I suppose that's yeah. what we did, wasn't it? You know, it was, there wasn't one bit of me that was focused on getting you going faster on your bike. How could I? I've got no empathy or understanding. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never rode a bike on a track. Yeah, you know, I've never yeah. been on a velodrome. But my role was to make sure that you were winning the race before the race. You know, you were trying to get to that start line in the best possible shape you possibly could. And I remember one call, Ed, and I remember this. You're like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling right at the minute. Right, what's going on? We started flushing it out. And it was your garage that was doing your editing. Do you remember? <laughs> your garage was a mess. You wanted to yeah, sell yeah. a go-kart. Let's yeah. do that. And then you texted me that night and went, saw yeah. my go-kart, saw yeah. the bike out, car's gone out, garage tidy, I'm in a far better place. Yeah, and then you had a training yeah. day the next day and you went, yeah, it was mint. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Phil, yeah. But it's those yeah. things that weigh on our mind subconsciously that if we don't verbalise them, we sometimes can avoid them. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Phil. You know what I think about it? I think 95% of our conversations have nothing to do with bikes, which is an interesting point. 
Yeah, and back to what you're saying, I know how helpful you've been for me for the last six or seven years. You know, when I think about you, Phil, I think of your Welsh accent <laughs> and one word in particular, which is clarity. You've always been good at sort of sitting me down and like, you know, getting the endless sort of like ramblings out of my mouth. And then you sort of like write one or two words down and a deadline, which is usually by the end of the next hour. It's just clarity. It's important. It is. And hopefully, you know, that's the beauty again of not just Pursuit Line, but hopefully these podcasts, et cetera, is that we could be their sounding boards. I really want people to interact with us as well. That's one of the aims. I want them to drop us an email or drop us a DM on social media or put something in the comments and put questions in there. I really want to interact with people and yeah. the whole team will be there to help and support with that. I want this to be relationship building. I want this to be almost like going back to that word again. I want to build like a Pursuit Line tribe. That's this big community. And I have no idea what the end product's going to look like. We may have online forums we may have you know these communities of learning we may have free workshop there's going to be instagram lives anywhere we can have a touch point with people that we can put this positive message and this ability to learn and we'll share all the crap stuff too yeah, you know because yeah. we're going on an adventure of business here and i think also we should document it yeah you know going right here yeah. we are just so you know guys we launched on january the 1st 2022 and we here we are at the end of the second week <laughs> we've been in business technically two weeks you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we're sitting down to record this I'm super excited about what the future holds. I mean, we know already we've had some quick wins, as they say, and we've got some great opportunities all throughout this year. And I want to share that with the guys as well, the boys and girls that, you know, they come on the journey with us. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Instagram is about, isn't it? Showing all warts and all. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not just that. You know, the fight and the struggle is, you know, the beauty, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely a beauty in the struggle if you look hard enough. I believe that, yeah. The lens in which you see life is so important, isn't it? I've always been fascinated by this idea that there could have been cyclist X who happens to live on one side of the planet who's got the same job, the same teammates, he's riding around the same sort of wooden bowl as a guy in a sort of parallel universe, rider Y. It's absolutely possible for one of them to think that, you know, it's tough and it's a struggle and he's in pain all the time. Another guy's like loving life. He's got wonderful opportunities and yay, he suffers, but he's suffering for a cause. And you know what I mean? He's got great potential and he's got a great job. And nothing's different other than they sort of see in the world through a different set of eyes. And you know, it's a choice the yeah. way you see the world, but it's yeah. a bit easy to say that if you're in a good place. Mm. If you've got that positive lens, I think it's harder to say that somebody that's got that negative lens on it because yeah, yeah. it's so sort of ingrained in their behavior and their subconscious decision making. Yep. To always see things in a negative that mm. hopefully, you know, through this series again of the contents we can have, we can point them in the direction of some personal development books, some podcasts, some some audio books, things that mm. we're interested in. We can review some books. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about, you know, Carol Dweck's work around growth and fixed mindset. You know, we can mm. talk about themes and we want people to throw things in there and make suggestions. Go, I'd really like to listen to you two talk about this. But the key point is that people can change. Yes. As long as they want to, people can change, right? And, yeah, and that's important. Like, yeah. you, know, you can change the way you see things. Yeah. And if they say they and, can't, that's just an excuse. Or they're not ready, or they don't want to. And this is another key point. People that don't want to change won't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing so you can do. Everything starts with self. We look external for things. We look external for triggers. We look external for inspiration as well. Mm. But fundamentally, it starts with yourself. Yeah. And I think this is where you know, this personal development journey is so, so important. That when you start reflecting on who you are, and maybe some of your successes and some of your pitfalls and some of your negatives. Yeah. Then you can start deciding the type of person you want to be. And yeah. then this is where this values elicitation, you know, what's really important about my values. We need to start aligning them and working towards them day in, day out. And you don't get physically strong within 24 hours in one gym session. It's something you have to continually work at. And 
and mental health is the same. You know, mental yeah. health and mental fitness mm. is something that we have to dedicate time to, especially in this era of 24-hour news and 24-hour access to information with our phones and yeah, the internet yeah. and that, that. We've got to put ourselves in a good place to build up our own resilience to be able to take that on. But it is a conscious decision to change. We're fighting against the subconscious behaviours there, especially if we've got that negative lens on. Okay, so we're definitely going to go for it. We're going to go for a Pursuit Line podcast. We're going to go for a vodcast on YouTube, and you'll see it all across on Instagram as well. So come and follow us. Please come and subscribe at our YouTube channel, which is Pro Noctis. Come and see us at Pursuit Line on Instagram, which is one of our main channels, and Twitter. But also our email address is team at pursuitline.co.uk. So drop us an email if you want to get in touch with us, if you've got any questions, any suggestions, and we're going to open up the floor to you every single time you have some contact time with us. I'm really looking forward to getting started, Eddie. Yeah, let's get it going, Phil. Let's get it no going. No messing. Thanks, guys. See you again soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Come and follow us on social media. Just search for Pursuit Line on your preferred platform. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Interact with us and let us know your thoughts. Catch you next time.